Today we have Randy Packard with us. Randy is a fashion brand consultant, public relations, and media consultant whose fashion expertise extends from the world of luxury fashion and accessories to the contemporary swim, bridal, plus size, and fitness markets, as well as the beauty and grooming industry. And as a former editor of Real Simple, Randy knows the fashion industry inside and out, and we are thrilled to have you as our guest today. Welcome to the show, Randy. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. So today our focus is on planning virtual PR events, and I'm going to pick your brain about your top tips for successfully planning and executing one, if that sounds good with you. Sounds great. Cool. I think the most natural place to start would be to first discuss why a brand might choose to host one. For example, in your opinion, what are the overall goals and desired outcomes for virtual events? I think um, there could be several. I feel like everyone says that they want a Zoom event. I don't feel like everyone should have one. So I think it's important if it's a new brand and there's a designer behind the brand, editors are curious. They like to see behind the curtain, if you will. They like to see who the designer is, what their inspiration is, get to know the person behind the brand. So that's always fun for them to get to know um, who's creating this new product. If it's a brand that they already know, sometimes they're, you know, in the past, pre-COVID, all the editors would go to different market appointments and go to showrooms and spend a lot of their day like visiting the showrooms and seeing what the next season's, you know, lines look like. And they would take pictures and they would have it all on their computer. Now, obviously with COVID, everyone's working from home all over the country and they can't go to showrooms. So this is a nice substitute for a showroom having a video Zoom and someone presenting the line to them. So those are, I think, the main reasons. And then, you know, I'm just speaking about fashion and beauty. Um, right. You know, for I've worked on a food Zoom once for a food brand I worked on. And we had, you know, it was like a new product that was launching. We had a celebrity chef cooking like a meal and Ooh. we had sent all the products ahead of time. So that was that was a different kind of Zoom, but that was like very well attended and a lot of fun. You know, you have to, people have to remember journalists' job is to report news. And if something is newsworthy, like a, um, a new launch, a new event, it's their job to, you know, know about it and um, inform their readers. Right. So when you have these events, are they usually, do you invite a handful of reporters and journalists or do you do them one-on-one or is it a mix of both? Um, it's a mix of both. If it's like a formal event it's um, a bigger endeavor because your client can't constantly be doing an event like 10 times in a day for 10 different editors. So, you know, you're never going to make everyone happy with the time that you're doing it. Like going again to pre-COVID, you would have like a window of an opportunity. If it was a showroom appointment, you could do it all day long for two days in a row. If it was an event, you could do it five to seven um, during the workday, Monday through Thursday are usually the days that you know people would do them. But now, obviously, with everyone at home, so it really depends on what the brand is. Like for example, a fashion brand, there's so many fashion writers and editors and stylists, so that usually goes wider the invitation. And for something more niche, like let's say fine jewelry, there's not as many people that cover that. So you just want to target your market and, you know, just to have people there 
to have them there doesn't really, you know, you have a full screen of people, but the end result is hoping to get press from the event after. Yeah. I was wondering, do you think that in general reporters prefer either or like want more one-on-one or do they prefer group? You know, it's funny because I've been in these groups talking to other writers and PR and everyone has their own thing. Some people get a little shy and don't like the pressure of just being one-on-one, but like I have a skincare brand that I do PR for and we haven't had a Zoom event, but we have had individual Zooms and that's worked really well. There haven't been a ton of them. We're not like, you know, it's people that we're really think would be interested in this brand and they can ask the specific questions to the media outlet that they work on. Like, you know, one of them was, um, you know, it's a Una all gender brand. So one of the male editors that works for one of the males, um, men magazines, like he asked specific questions about like, you know, the products on the beard and then, you know, which, you know, not, um, which is interesting to a lot of people, but that's probably different questions than someone from like one of the women's books. Right. And thinking of just how you choose who to invite, do you have any specific tips for that? Well, it's like most PR have like a master list of everyone. So Mm -hmm. if I'm, let's say, working on a brand that is launching, let's just make this up, new dresses, like I'm going to stick mostly to, you know, people that cover women's fashion and some stylists and maybe a few accessory people that like I'll do my research and see if they've covered things like that in the past. Like, you know, they do a roundup and they include a lot of different things. Um, But it really depends on what the product is and you want, you know, you want them to want to come. So if you're inviting someone to something that's like, totally doesn't make sense. Like for example, I can understand if let's say you have a jewelry brand and they do cute barrettes, inviting the accessory editors, the fashion editors, and some beauty, because sometimes a barrette is like something that they'll talk about on what to do on bad hair days. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But you probably wouldn't invite a beauty editor to like a dress event, you know, like I said, or a or a denim event. Cause that just doesn't, there doesn't seem to be a reason to be there. And right. So time. sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say that they're busy, so they don't have time. So, you know, I want to mm. know, I want them to know that if I'm inviting them to something, I've thought about it and I'm not wasting their time and I am respectful of their time. So they're more likely to a open my email and b show up. That's something we always hear from reporters. Make sure you do your work. Make sure you do the research and look at what they cover specifically, mm-hmm. not just generally. Right. Like, you know, you could, there's sources. Like, you can just go to Muckrack and just, like, look online the last, like, several stories that they've written about. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, some people change beats. So if someone's just writing about travel – you're probably not going to invite them to, you know, your denim event. But if they write about travel and they do packing stories a few times a year, then that's a different thing. Like if you have something that, you know, is good for packing, a foldable hat, you know, sunglasses for traveling, then that at least you're in the ballpark. Now, speaking of product, do you send samples ahead of time? No, I don't because... 
For the food event, yes, because it was a cooking class and everyone was cooking together. So we sent all the ingredients and a bottle of wine, which was great, but it was a very, I think there was like 25 people, food editors and, you know, people that covered, um, just related, or maybe 25 showed up. But for me to send um, people clothing, it's just too expensive. Like I can't Mm -hmm. ask a client to do that. And speaking as someone that used to be a fashion editor, you know, no one sent me, I didn't get a gift unless I showed up at the event. That's your thank you for taking the time. Mm-hmm. So, but what I do like to do is let's say someone is, you know, like I did a, um, an event recently and the client was based in Salt Lake City. So we sent like treats, like baked goods from like, a, you know, some famous like bakery in Salt Lake City ahead of the event as, you know, looking forward to seeing you, you know, enjoy your treat while you're watching this. And then after the event, they were able to pick a product from the presentation that they liked. And I think that's fair because a lot of people, there are editors and writers for whatever reason that RSVP and then don't show up. And I don't really think it's fair to add, you know, to add that cost to a client, you know, times are tough right now. And, you know, just the pack, just the sh- um, shipping alone is expensive, let alone the, you know, the product. Yeah. And just the logistics too. And trying to figure out where to send the product to these days is probably difficult since so many people are remote. Well, I don't find that to be a challenge. After I okay. send my invites out, if we're doing, let's say the cooking, the people that RSVP'd that were going to come, I asked them for their email and for the fashion events, if we're sending like a treat or a bottle of champagne before, and by the way, I'd like to add that I think it's always important to offer a non-alcoholic choice for people that don't drink just to be really sensitive to things like that. But anyway, the people that we sent it to, I always ask for an address. I never send. And at this point, I have a lot of people's home addresses. In the past, when I was an editor, there would be a giant garbage can outside of the fashion department and you'd open up a box and dump all the stuffing in the box and everything in the garbage. And then if you like the product, you take it home. If not, you give it to someone or put it on the giveaway table. But to just send it to someone's house and having them deal with that, I think it's really invasive and stepping over the line of being appropriate when people are working from home. I just try to be very respectful and editors appreciate it a lot. And even like, they'll know that I have their address, but I'll be like, can I please have your preferred address for X, Y, and Z that I'd like to send you ahead of the event? And some people say, I have so many like jeans already. I'm not looking for any more. And I respect that. That's fine. That's their choice. And you know what? It's better to not send an editor something that they're not overly excited to receive because they're probably, it doesn't sound like they're going to cover it. So you want to get it into the hands of people that are excited to try it. That's really respectful of you. Yeah. Okay. So when you are deciding to put on event an event, mm-hmm. do you typically host it on your client's behalf or do you typically have kind of a spokesperson from the brand do all of the talking and explaining. You set you set up kind of like a um, any event. You set up like a run of show, and you have um, a dress rehearsal like the day or two on a Zoom call. So you come up with like, you know, in an ideal world with the budget, I always like to have something extra, like have like 
one event I worked on, we had a dating coach to um, answer questions about dating, which was really fun for the editors. I didn't realize that people would actually get so personal and ask questions in front of everyone, but everyone had so much fun. My gosh, that's Um, so fun. Or, you know, like I said, the cooking event or having like a psychic there, even though it's like in front of other people. So if we can do that, it's nice to kick off with an, um, an introduction to the client, what they do, and thank everyone for showing up. And then it depends on what the order is, but usually it's kind of fun to have your client walk through the products, tell them a little bit about it, and then have, if there's like entertainment quote, you know, like the dating coach kind of was, get in there and open the room if you will, to questions, you know, as you know, on Zoom, people can type in questions and there's usually someone on the team responsible for relaying it to the client, um, either by text or if they're in the same room, like someone wants to know what the size range is, or does this come in, you know, plus size. So you um, can answer the questions and that's it. And my other big piece of advice is try as hard as you can to make the event no more than 30 minutes. Mm, That's a good because. The, um, I advise all my clients to do this. Some of them, unfortunately, don't listen, and it's out of my control. They want to show the editors every single piece of clothing in the line, and it's such a big mistake to do that because you don't want to lose their attention, and you just want to give them a little taste. Like, this is the first delivery. These are our strong pieces, and this is why, and just move it quickly and, you know, that's it. They're professionals. They can visualize how it can be styled. This is what they do for a living. And you just want to introduce them to the line, have them leave with a positive experience. Like that was fun. Get an idea of who the designer is. Editors love to hear what the inspiration is for a collection. And then that's it. Open it up to questions and then thank them. And that's it. You follow up the next day. Oh, cool. I want to get to follow-ups, but I have one more question about the dating coach example. Mm-hmm. Was that for – like, did that have anything to do with the product that you were um, showing it off? Was a, yes, it was a lingerie client. Ah, okay, cool. That makes so, sense. Yeah. yeah. I love that tie-in. It, it's also just kind of something else to look forward to, you know, a way to, a way to jazz fun. up. Yeah, just yeah. to make it a little more – you know, fun than just like looking at a bunch of like underwear and bras. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Now going into the follow-ups, this is something that a lot of our listeners have tons of questions about, like, and we usually ask reporters how often they like to be followed up with, how frequently and whatnot. So what are your top tips for follow-ups? Well, as I said in the beginning, I don't gift before, I gift after. So the follow-up is usually um, – thanking them for showing up and then either sending them a line sheet to choose, you know, however we do it. We either send some clients like to send a gift card and have send the editors to the website to choose, or some people I'll send pictures of um, items that were presented at that event and have them either send me their sizes or their selects. So I have a reason to follow up. So that's one of the really good things about not pre-gifting, which isn't really mm-hmm. the reason I do it, but there that gives you a reason to follow up. Right. And then after I know that they've received them, I like to get FedEx tracking or UPS tracking and send it to the editor. Um, and then that's like another, you know, just saying, hi, it's on its way. Can't wait to hear what you think. 
So um, very lightly, not overly aggressive because I find that two times after that's enough. They know that you want credit and I know that they know that. And, you know, you just kind of, that's, and I feel like that's really all I can do because I usually send pitches once a week anyway. So um, once they get it in their hand, that's usually when they start writing about it, unless they were really moved at the Zoom and there's, you know, a reason to include it because PR people and clients have to realize that they have writers and editors have an edit schedule. So even if they saw the most amazing thing, there's like a schedule that they have for stories already lined up. So it's probably not going to happen that week, but it'll happen down the road. And it's your job just to make sure they don't forget about Mm -hmm. it. That's a really good one. Um, I feel like there's been so many articles that I've read where people have recommended sending products ahead of time. So I really like your take on that. And I think it's really smart to do so in the follow-up too. I think it's Um, so easy. Do you mean like people just sending clothing ahead of time? Yeah, clothing or like say it's a new perfume line or any kind of – Well, about perfume, if it's a big brand, they can afford to do that. Like Lancome and Chanel and all the big beauty companies – they have a lot more money than the kind of clients that I work with. And I just don't think that it's, I, I just don't think it's fair to ask people to spend that much money for someone that might not show up at an event. And mm-hmm. traditionally when you go to, it's kind of like going to an event after work when you're invited and you get the gift bag, like they're not going to send you the gift bag before you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good comparison. So thank you for showing up. And I do want, listen, I want people to get the product into their hands so they can touch it. Because at this point, I don't really take clients on that. I don't like the products and I believe in my clients and I want people to experience what I feel like I experience. But, you know, I have to also be respectful of their money and how they spend Mm -hmm. it. 100%. So my other question about that is... Have you ever seen anyone cover something that didn't attend the event but decided to anyways? Maybe well, they were invited, but they just didn't show. But then they covered it. Um, I don't know. I mean, probably because, you know, the reason people don't come to events are like like the reason even before COVID. Like something happens, right. comes up, you get a last minute doctor's appointment. Um, a lot of times with people that write for sites, they're on deadline and they just can't break away. And that doesn't mean that they're not going to cover my client's products. It just means that they couldn't take like a half hour to sit through a Zoom because they had something more pressing. Or they were invited to something that they got invited to prior. And, you know, who knows? There's a million reasons. Like I just got, before I jumped on this with you, I got an email. I worked on an event like a week and a half ago. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I went on a last minute. I took the week off last minute. So I'm like, thank you for letting me know. And, you know, mm-hmm. here's the lookbook and, you know, we'll pitch her this week, whatever I'm pitching. And, you know, that's fine. I understand. I appreciate yeah. that she let me know that actually. Yeah. That's really nice. Yes. So looking forward to the future, do you imagine, you know, virtual events becoming more common and kind of becoming the replacement for in-person or, you know, what are your thoughts there? I think it's going to be a combination of both. Everyone I know personally in my own little circle cannot wait 
to get vaccinated, hug everyone, see people, go to an event, put on a dress. And I think there's going to be a lot of events. And I think that every editor is going to be so starved for being at one because we've been locked in our living rooms for over a year. That (laughs) attendance rate is going to be pretty high. But I also think that a lot of people left New York, which is where most of the editors were to begin with. So it would behoove brands to constantly, you know, keep doing Zoom one-on-ones if that's, you know, or an interview, if that works. I don't think the Zoom is going to go away, but I I really think people are going to be so excited. Whoever throws the first fashion event after COVID is going to have the best attendance rate in the history <laughs> of fashion events is my prediction. Uh, yeah. Crashing it. Everyone's going to want to be someone's plus one. Maybe everybody will be covering it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am so excited. Me too. I can't I, wait to go to my first event. I can't wait to throw my first event. It's going to be like, everyone's going to show up. I'm really going to have to have a tight list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Soon. Hopefully soon. It's coming. I see the end. I see it. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well, is there anything else? I feel like we've, we've breezed through that list, but I want to make sure that there's not anything that isn't super important that you feel like I overlooked. You are the expert here. So any other tips? You, for you, people? Asked, me about the, you asked me about the invitation. So all mm-hmm. in the pre-questions. So when I do an invite, I now like to, in the subject line, I put the date. So for example, I will write 423, like April 23rd, um, Zoom event for XYZ client. And just so, first of all, they know what they're opening when they open it, but in the future weeks, if they can't find it that day, at least they can find the link really quickly with the date on it. And they also know that a lot, I've had editors say, I only open my emails once a week because I'm so busy filing stories that, you know, Friday or Monday or whatever day it is, is the day that they open emails. So at least they know where it is. And then I can add the Zoom link to that email chain and then it's all in one place. So I find that to be really helpful. I love the specifics for that tip. Thank you. That's helpful. Yeah, that's a good one. And do the invites themselves like... Do you have any suggestions for the body of the email? I just, in general, like my pitches, everything I do, I try to make it as succinct, simple, straight to the point as possible. So I either take a picture from their latest lookbook. Sometimes a client provides an image that they want you to use and just make it really simple. Time, date, Zoom link to come you know, please send your address for, you know, like, like to send you a bottle of rosé in advance or whatever, send us, you know, your address or your size. Um, and then I let them know that, you know, we'll be letting them select an item that's presented, um, after the zoom event. So Mm -hmm. everything's there, my contact information, and that's, you know, that's it. And the big, you know, the image is just dropped in the middle of the email. Very simple. Do you ever have anybody respond and ask to have a one-on-one meeting if they can't attend that specific date and time, but they're very interested in knowing more? Yeah, I have. And I'm happy to accommodate. That doesn't mean that my client's available, but Mm -hmm. I will always accommodate like an editor that is interested and we can do a separate Zoom or we can do a phone call or whatever it takes. Yes, I've done that. 
Cool. Happy to do. One of the hardest parts I imagine is just finding a time that works. Yeah. With your clients and with everybody else for those kind of things. Do you have any specific tools that you like to use for scheduling purposes? Um, as far as picking the time, I'm really fairly certain that you're never going to make everyone happy, you know? <laughs> yeah. So kind of like towards the end of the day is better. But then you have to remember that that's end of the day East Coast. That's not end of the day Pacific Coast. And, you know, when I was an editor, I liked going to events first thing in the morning. So I would wake up early, do all my events, and then get to the office around 12 or 1 and then just stay until I was done until I went to events again after work. Obviously, it's different now. And people don't – I've heard that people don't love doing early morning events, which I thought was interesting because I'm like, if it's a fitness brand and they want to have like an exercise instructor, not everyone wants to do it at 8 o'clock in the morning (laughs) anymore. So you're never going to make everyone happy. So you just kind of have to – be, you know, comfortable with your choice. Mine is usually late afternoon, hence sending cocktails to make it a little bit of a like cocktail happy hour. Mm-hmm. And that's it. There's always going to be someone who has small kids that they have to tend to, or someone has, you know, something else that they're committed to at the end of the day, but you just do your best. And, you know, everyone understands, or most people understand that you can't accommodate everyone. Yeah. And I'm sure some people might have like, (laughs) are their Zoom interrupted by their child or their partner, whoever. And that's totally fine these days. I think it's kind of charming actually when that happens. I was doing a Zoom event and my colleague was like texting me, like kind of upset because the fit model was clearly in her living room. And I'm like, you know what? I think it's charming. We're all making do with what we can do, mm-hmm. working remotely, and she's doing the best she can. No one's going to be upset about this. Everyone can see the clothes. We're, don't worry about it. And no yeah. one no one said anything to me about it. It wasn't even a conversation starter. And when people's like kids crawl in them, everyone can relate to that. And mm-hmm. usually cats. I find that <laughs> cats are the big interrupters and everyone thinks it's kind of funny now because we're all going through that on some level. Yeah. One of my favorite things is seeing screenshots of like cats joining meetings and just intently staring at the camera <laughs> from exactly. the lap of their exactly. human. <laughs> everyone has like their version. Today I was on a Zoom and like my super like showed up. Like he decided that was the time he was going to come, you know, fix the heat in my apartment. Like I've been using for three days, but why not wait until Randy's on his Zoom? Okay, great. So, <laughs> you, know, you know, you just kind of have to roll with it. Yep. Yep. That is the slogan of these times. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to roll with it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of We Earn Media. If you head over to weearnmedia.com, you'll find a summary of the episode along with links to any of the resources and more information about our lovely guest and where you can find them online. If you have any topic suggestions or just general PR questions for us or future guests, email us at podcast at weearnmedia.com. Of course, you can also find us on social media. Our handle is at weearnmedia and we're on Twitter and Instagram. 